the same zone kind of thing, and the same spirit, I guess you can say, and um, God just, he enjoys that. You know, every service should really kind of be that way, because um, when we all come together sometimes for church, it's, um, church gets a little, it can get a little redundant sometimes, um, because we're just human, and life happens, and we kind of go through the motions, and Next thing you know, we're kind of like, oh, I got to go to church. I serve today. Or, you know, something like that. And so, but, you know, I want to challenge you to, when you come to service, like, come, like, ready. Like, I'm ready to just receive. I'm ready to give. There's something that's going to happen this Sunday or Friday when, when, uh, when you come to church. Amen? Um, so today, um, man, this, this word, um, this, this passage that we're going to read is so controversial, to say the least. So we're going to go to First of Kings, um, chapter 22, this afternoon. And uh, we're going to read uh, from verse 1 to uh, 28. I have the NLT version. Um, <clears throat> it'll be on the, on the screen as well, I, I believe. And... Um, Sometimes the version, the NLT version on the computer is a little different, but um, it, it'll, you'll get the, the point. And I want to read a little slower, um, and I want to kind of all of us enjoy the read. It's quite a bit of verses, but um, I just want us to kind of get everything that's going on. So I just kind of put attention to what we're reading. Amen? You guys there? All right, let's go. It says, for, uh, for three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. Um, just quick note, Judah and Israel, they're the same people, but they had just split. There was like a civil war, and there was now two uh, territories, one called Judah and one Israel. Same people. Uh, during the visit... The king of Israel said to his officials, Do you realize that the town of Ramoth Gilead belongs to us? And yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram? Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked him, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramoth? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat added, but first, let's find out what the Lord says. It's a good idea, right? So the king of Israel, uh, this Ahab guy, summoned the prophets, about 400 of them, and asked them, should I go to war against Ramoth, Gilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? Hmm? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied, Jehoshaphat, there is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imla. Jehoshaphat replied, that's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. 
So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, bring Micaiah, king of Ahab of Israel and king, of, and king Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on thrones and at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Kinana, I guess, made some iron horns and proclaimed, this is what the Lord says, with these horns you will gore the um, uh, Arameans to death. Verse 12, the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said, go up to Ramoth Gilead and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, as surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, I love this version, yes, go up and be victorious for the Lord will give the king victory. But the king replied sharply, how many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him, okay, check this out, this is where it gets fun. In a vision, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you, the king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, listen to what the Lord says. Listen. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth so he can be killed? There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this, the Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Then Zedekiah, a really nice guy, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you, he demanded. And Micaiah replied, you will find out soon enough. When you are trying to hide in some secret room, arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Amon, to, to uh, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from the battle. But Micaiah replied, if you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around. Everyone, mark my words. Whew. Did we just watch a movie? What happened? Yeah, that was good, right? Uh, let's pray before we, we talk here. Father, thank you so much uh, for your word, God. I know that you are good. And I know that, that your word, Lord, is, is beautiful no matter what, God. And I ask that you speak to us, Lord, this, uh, this afternoon, that you would use 
my mouth, Lord, to speak. Open up the hearts, Lord, and let us receive what you have for us this afternoon, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, that was crazy, right? What a read. Um, so just a little background. Uh, like I was saying, there was two territories, Judah and Israel. The king of Israel was uh, this king named Ahab, and the king of Judah was Jehoshaphat, which I like. I kind of like that name. But anyway, um, King Ahab of Israel. Let's talk about him. King Ahab, he was known for doing evil things. Okay, this is what he was known for. He was known for setting up altars to Baal. Baal was a god, a pagan god that the Israelites started to worship. Uh, they would make images of this god, and they would begin to worship him in high places. When they would make an altar, it's interesting, they wouldn't make an altar like in the valleys. They would climb up mountains and hills, and they would make altars in the high places for Baal. It was sort of saying, like, this is who represents us and who covers us and protects us, this god named Baal. And this king, Ahab, was actually known for setting up those altars. He was not a king that did things according to what, what God uh, wanted him to do or wanted for his people. He was known to, to be disobedient to the word of God. This is the same King Ahab that was married to Jezebel. And you guys remember the story where Jezebel kind of puts fear in Elijah and Elijah runs away and they're fearful and they're going back and forth. Elijah actually kills 450 prophets and uh, he, you know, has a sort of a contest with them. We'll talk about that another time, which is a great message as well. This is the same King Ahab. This king was known to do things that didn't please God. Amen. Many times you will hear a preaching from this controversial uh, passage about how, um, you know, ab about how this can happen to a believer. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to defunct that, like debunk that. I, I kind of want to make sure that, that we understand where we stand. Amen. Um, because of what happened here is really strong and it gives us an insight into the spiritual realm that I also want to talk to you about. And that's why this, this passage is important. Uh, as I was reading this, uh, it just kind of it challenged me to kind of go to God and, and meditate and ask him and, and talk with him about these verses and these passages and what does this all mean. And as I began to talk with him, he began to reassure me that, that he who is in us is stronger than he who is in the world. Amen. And so we stand firm on what God and what Christ has done in our life. And, and we can look at this from a perspective of believers and of children of God, of new covenant. We can look at the Bible from that point of view. And we can start seeing that some of these things do apply to us, but some of these things are because God was trying to teach a lesson. Amen. What happens sometimes, it will read passages this way. And what we'll do is we'll make, we'll make doctrine out of it. We'll make like... Uh, we'll, we'll make law out of it. And, and really, this is just to show us how uh, this particular situation happened and what some of these things can apply to us. But it's not necessarily that we would apply this whole thing to our lives like if it's law. Amen. Does that make sense to everyone? Uh, what I'm trying to say is that we got to take what God gives us from this lesson because we're children of God looking at this from a different perspective. And we're not necessarily like King Ahab or even King Jehoshaphat. That's not us. Amen. So King Ahab, he, uh, 
There, first of all, there's peace in the land. It says right here, the, the very first verse, for three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. They had been fighting for a long time. Finally, there was no war for three years. So there's peace. Amen. Do you guys believe that God brings peace? Amen. God, God doesn't bring like, like the storm. Amen. God doesn't bring uh, necessarily the, the pain, and, and he doesn't want you to suffer necessarily. Suffering happens, but he brings the peace, amen, the calm, amen? Does that make sense to everyone? So here, there's peace, and the first thing that we notice is that Ahab says and asks this question, do you realize that the town of Ramoth, Gilead, belongs to us, and yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram? Now, He's not talking about a whole city, a capital, a whole region. He's talking about a small town that was in, in, in the place where they reigned. And, and, and there were some people there from their enemies that had that, that, had that town. And because of his, the way that he thought, the way that, 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 he, uh, that, that he thought about himself, he thought uh, that that land belongs to us, that we should take it. All, already you begin to see the nature, you begin to see the thought process of this king, which means that he doesn't rely on God. He relies on his own strength and power. Does that make sense? He relies on what he can do do his own strength his armies his horses his soldiers not what God is saying he already he's ready to go to war amen are you with me he's ready to go to war he's ready to confront this other king uh from Aram and he's ready to take that land back but Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat he's a he's a different king Although he didn't do everything exactly how God wanted him to do, because he didn't take down those, those altars to Baal, not all of them. He took some down. But he has the, uh, he, he has the, 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 like, like the, the courage to say this. He says, he, he says uh, why, of course, you and I are as one, right? He tells him, but first, let's find out what the Lord says. Amen. Now, now that we should take for us. It's always good to consult God for everything in our lives. Amen. It's so good that, that we're making choices. And now sometimes he's going to allow you to make choices and, and he'll back you up on them. But there's times and there's nothing wrong with going into the secret place in prayer and asking God, God, what should I do? What, what, what do you think? Or asking someone, one of, the, one of the leaders and saying, hey, can you pray? One of your brothers and sisters, can you pray with me about a decision that I have to make? I just want to make sure that God is guiding me. This is what this king is saying. I, I want God to guide us. Like, I'll go to war with you my troops are your troops well we're good we're as one but I want to know what God says amen and then all of a sudden he says yes of course let's call all the prophets 400 prophets that's a lot of prophets guys it gets interesting it's all 400 people you know 400 people wouldn't kind of they wouldn't fit in here <laughs> we said about maybe 140, I think it is, or 130, 400. That's a lot of people, guys. I want you to picture this, 400 prophets. But yet, none of them are speaking from God. Now, now what's interesting to me, which I found, whoa, they, they all, they, they ask him, should I go to war against, 
you know, Ramoth, or should I hold back? And it says, they all replied, yes, go right ahead. The Lord, God, will give the king victory. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never seen 400 people agree like that. Now, it takes time for five of us to agree on one thing, right? Especially about what God is saying. You know, I feel like God is saying this, and I feel like God is saying that. We all have a different relationship with God. 400 prophets are saying, yes, you should go to war. Oh, now, I, when I read that, I hadn't read the rest yet. I was like, whoa, four, all of them agree. Wow, this is powerful. All of them replied and agreed, yes, go. And these are prophets from the Lord. So King Jehoshaphat, he's like, "Uh, okay, that's good. But he asked the question of the century, I think, that century. He asked the question, I love this question, is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? Wait a minute. I thought 400, he just said, so the king of Israel summoned the prophets, about 400 of them, and asked them, should I go to war against Ramoth, or should I, they all replied, yes, go right ahead, the Lord will give the king, the Lord will give the king victory, but Jehoshaphat, he's like, wait, is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? Like, there's all these prophets, but the king, Jehoshaphat, his discernment turned on. He, he all of a, he was, whoa, wait a minute. And you have this discernment, brothers and sisters. You, you have the Holy Spirit that lives in you that when you hear a word and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is there a prophet of the Lord in here? Because I need to hear the Lord. And the king's like. Is there a prophet of the Lord in here? God, God is looking for people to speak his word. Amen? He is looking for you to speak his word. So, <laughs> the king of Israel replied, Well, there's this one guy that we could talk to, but I hate him. Now, prophets back then are different than prophets today, okay? Um, they, back then, it was like they were living under the law. If you broke the law, thank you. Thank you so much. I must look really sweaty out there, okay? <clears throat> so, you know, they, they were kind of a, a little bit more, uh, if you don't do it, it's going to go bad. So, Micaiah was one of those guys. Uh, Micaiah's name means, um, I have it here. Who is like Jehovah? That's his name. Who is like Yahweh? Who is like him? Nobody. You know what it's saying there? No one is like Jehovah, not even these 400 prophets from the Lord. No one is like God. So he says, yeah, there's this one guy named Micaiah. There's this one guy named, you know, uh, who is like Jehovah, but I hate him. Do you know what he's saying there? It's so scary. I don't like God. 
I like the fact that I'm God. That's what this king is saying, King Ahab. He likes being God. He likes calling the shots. And he has 400 prophets that agree with him. Isn't that convenient? He has 400 leaders that agree with him. That's awesome. I wish, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He has 400 people around him that say, yes. He's like, should I go to the mountain and kill someone? Yes, go. The Lord is with you. Everyone's agreeing with him. Micaiah, he is, he is who is like Jehovah. No one is like Jehovah. And he says, but I hate him. He never says anything good about me. He always is prophesying trouble for me. Gee, I wonder why. He's just saying God's, God's truth. Hey, you're worshiping other idols. You're worshiping other gods, King Ahab. You're leading the people astray. The people are worshiping Baal. They don't trust in God anymore. Your doom is near. Amen? This is what he's saying. I'll get to what we get from this soon. That's not the way that a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. King Ahab's like, man, I don't really want to hear what he has to say. Let's, let's, let's go to verse 12. I love what the, uh, verse 13, I love what the messenger says to Micaiah. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, look, look, man, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. Because if you say it, it'll be more real. Why wasn't it enough that 400 prophets were saying you have victory? Why wasn't it enough? Because everyone knew it was a lie. Everyone, even this messenger, can feel like, man, those guys are, they're not speaking the truth. And this guy speaks the truth. So I'm going to tell him to say what they're saying so that the king can feel more confident. Why is the word of one holy prophet worth more than 400 because God is with him the word that God has placed in your hearts brothers and sisters the Jesus that you have in your life is worth more than 400 prophets more than what the world is saying about your faith amen so he tells him make sure that you promise success Micaiah's like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah okay I'm gonna say what God says so when Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth, Gilead, or should we hold back? And I love this. I love the Bible. Micaiah replied sarcastically. Now, sarcasm is a gift, guys, um, from God, I believe. Obviously, you want to be respectful, you know, when you talk to people with sarcasm. He goes, yes. This is how I do sarcasm. Yes. Go up. And be victorious. Yes, king, you're going to be victorious. For the Lord will give the king victory. He saw right through him. Micaiah, come on. I told you when you speak to me, speak with the truth. Wait a minute. 400 prophets were saying the same thing. And now he realizes, Micaiah, he's lying to me. And here we go. This This is where it gets good. 
How many times have I demanded to you to speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him, in a vision I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you? The king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. I wonder why. I wonder how many times God told this king, King Ahab, can you take those altars down, please? Those altars, your worship, you're, you're indirectly but directly worshiping Satan. You're not worshiping the God that created you. Can you, how many times did God, through Micaiah, through Elijah, through prophets that he himself would kill, told him, hey, straighten out. And now he wants to hear, God is with you. Yours is the victory. Then Micaiah continued, listen to what the Lord says, verse 19. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne uh, with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead? So he can be killed. There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached. The Lord said, I can do it, uh, to the Lord, and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Amen. He has a vision. All of God's people, especially in the word as we read it, it's important for us to have vision. Amen. It's important for us to see the bigger picture. It's important for us. For example, Moses, he literally saw a burning bush that spoke to him. Jacob saw a ladder from heaven. You know, he he saw angels going up and down these these stairs Everyone had a a particular vision, but they also saw the bigger picture in regards to the vision that God had given them. And this man here, Micaiah, has this powerful vision of the spiritual realm that is, if you read it just like that, without knowing the new covenant, without knowing who you are in Christ, you can get confused. Just reading it like that, like, whoa. Just by the letter, right? You have to read this with the Holy Spirit in and ask him to reveal this to us, amen? And that's what I did. I said, God, what does all this mean? I mean, this man has a powerful vision about heaven. He sees heaven. He sees God in his throne. He sees the armies of heaven. He sees all the angels and the armies of heaven on his left and on his right. And God is asking a question. How can we entice Ahab to go to war so he can meet his doom? And out of nowhere, a spirit comes and says, I will do it. And he says, I, I will go and, 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 and I will inspire all his prophets to speak lies. And the Lord says, you will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Now, for a long time, I, I've heard this message before. I've heard these passages before preached. For a long time, you know, people will say that be careful because a lying spirit can come and speak through you. And that's the, kind of, uh, that's the kind of thing that can get a Christian confused really fast. 
But I, I want to tell you that, that when we read passages like this, that we should not be afraid of them. Because like I said earlier, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We have the spirit, the Bible says we have a spirit that leads us into all truth. We don't have a lying spirit, and a lying spirit cannot move in us because we are called by God, children of God, and we are influenced and sealed by the Holy Spirit in our life. So we should never look at verses like this, like, man, this is scary. No, it's not scary because God is with you. God lives inside of you and you live inside of God. You are hidden in Christ, the Bible says. Now, this spirit that came before God, I want to get it right out of, the, out of the way. This was not a spirit that was an angel or someone that was in agreement with God. See, back then, if you read the book of Job in the beginning, back then, before Christ had died, spirits like Lucifer that were fallen can come before the throne of God. I know this is weird and profound, but they can come before the throne of God and, and, and do things and say things to God. And God would allow things to happen. Like Lucifer, he came before the throne of God. The Bible says in the book of Job, and that he said, uh, God said, look at my servant Job. And, and Satan said, yeah, because you have him protected, but take all that protection away and you'll see that he will fall. And God says, okay, go ahead and do what you do, but do not touch his soul. See, back then, back then, back then in the old covenant, in the Old Testament, before Jesus, before the blood, this could happen. But I want to assure you, I want to assure you today, in the name of Jesus, I want to assure you that this cannot happen anymore. The Bible says that Jesus, as the lamb, Jesus, as the high priest, he brought his own blood and he presented it in heaven, the Bible says. I hope you're getting this. Jesus took his own blood and he cleansed the heavens. The Bible says it. He cleansed the heavens and the earth. Forever shutting heaven up for Satan and his minions but opening up heaven for his children. This lying spirit is not a spirit from God. It's a spirit that God allowed to do his business, but the lies don't come from God. The truth comes from God. So when you hear lies, just know that they're not from God. Amen. The spirit of truth lives in you. Now, I've heard messages. I'll be careful with the spirit of lies. No, don't be careful. Rebuke it. Rebuke it. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. Rebuke it. Micaiah sees this uh, spiritual realm. He sees this... Uh, he sees this, this magnificent scene. God shows him what was happening then in the spiritual realm, not what's happening now. You see, brothers and sisters, I believe that Micaiah, as his name is, who is like Jehovah, he represents us today. We are like Micaiah today. 
that in the midst of 400 lying prophets, kings and, and, and governors and, and, and presidents that are worshiping other gods and themselves, that we would stand like Micaiah to preach God's word, to speak his truth. And what is his truth today? Today his truth is Jesus saves. Jesus loves you. Jesus doesn't condemn you. Jesus doesn't hate you. He loves you intensely. That is the truth today. That you would stand up in this generation, brothers and sisters, that you would stand up like Micaiah and tell the truth. This was his truth back then, but our truth is that Jesus saves. That Jesus is after people, that he loves them. Last night we were awoken by, by a lying spirit, an attack against me and my wife. And uh, I, I already had this message prepared. And we woke up, it was like 2 in the morning or something. And we had to pray, we had to, we had to talk, we had to ask God to move. And he did, and that, that thing just went away. It was so much peace in our room. But see, the enemy is mad. He's mad because he, he knows that this message is going to set some people free. Because some of us in this place still sometimes doubt that God can use us. We still doubt in our minds that, 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 that is God speaking to us. Yes, God is speaking to you. Your ears are open to hearing the Holy Spirit. Because he, he, he loves you. He's upset, you know. He doesn't want you to be free, all the way free. He wants you to have some freedom, maybe none, but not all the way free. Where you can speak like Micaiah was not afraid. He was not afraid to say the truth. He was not even afraid to be sarcastic. To say, yeah, king, yeah, sure, you'll have victory. Yeah, right. The way you've been worshiping other idols, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. A lying spirit, I want to clear it once again, is a fallen spirit. It's not from God. God allowed it, but he didn't, he didn't necessarily form this spirit that way. Does that make sense to everyone? Amen? Now, God is looking for people like Micaiah in this generation, that you would, that you would stand up. You know, uh, our atmosphere conference is coming, and it's called the move of God. A move of God starts with someone standing up and saying the truth. It's not necessarily, it, it has, a move of God is so, so big. And a move of God has already started, by the way. It started a long time ago. But it's so big and so amazing that it's, it's not necessarily one thing. It's not necessarily saying there's a move of God and that's the move of God. and that. It's, it's vast. God is moving in every aspect of this earth, in every aspect of our lives, in our finances, our health, our ministries, our families, relationships, our ministries, our, our relationship with him. There's so many aspects to a move of God, but it takes a person in this generation to stand up and say the truth. 
It was tough for Micaiah because, in a way, he was the only one. There was 400 prophets, two kings, governors, leaders, wise men, and he was the only one with the truth. In this generation, brothers and sisters, you are the one with the truth. You are the one that has the living God, the move of God already living inside of you. Will you, will you be one like Micaiah and speak the truth? Wherever you are, wherever you work, will, will you speak the truth at your job? <sighs> if, if need be, right? Truth in love, of course. You're not going to say, hey, you're all dying like King Ahab, you know? Speak the truth in love. And then in verse 24, uh, then Zedekiah, son of Kinana, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I tend to, when I, um, when I see other ministers and there's this, these things that they do, and you see them on TV, and, and uh, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, some people look at these, these preachers, and, and they condemn them, and they say, you know, they're, they're using demons to, to heal. Like, just, I, I tend to not do that. If I look at someone... And, and I don't know. I, maybe I don't understand it. I don't judge it either. Because it could just be the Holy Spirit. And, and I just, rather than, than make a call and say, hey, no, that's, that's the devil. Like some people go as far as saying that's the devil. And, cause it, but that might be the Holy Spirit. So I rather just, God bless them. I may not agree with every method that these preachers, other preachers, I may not agree, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to call it and say, hey, this is that, and I'm, um, because um, then it, it turns into them and us kind of thing, and, and that's not how the body of, and, and this is what Zedekiah was doing here. He was, he comes to Micaiah, he slaps him in the face and says, I have the spirit of God. How did you get him? Since when did the Spirit of God leave me to go to you? I, like, I, almost like I own the right of the Holy Spirit. No. No one has the rights to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he's God. So, what are the prophets of today saying, Right? There's, there's a lot of prophets out today, and if you hear most of them, most of them are saying that we're doomed, that the U.S. is just going down. I would say almost all of them are saying that, especially on the TV when I watch it. One thing I, I don't hear enough about is the forgiveness of God. And how God loves people. 
that he wants to redeem. Yes, the U.S. and the laws and the governors, they've made a lot of mistakes, right? But I never hear the prophets of today saying, you know, God can redeem anything because he can. He redeemed us and them. He can redeem people. But I don't, I don't hear that enough. And that is our truth today. And God wants us to stand up like Micaiah today and say, hey, this is our truth today. And no matter what everyone is saying, a lot of churches, denominations, and everyone is saying, everyone's condemning. I want to stand where Jesus said, I have come to this world not to condemn it, but to save it. That's our posture. Salvation is our posture, not damnation. Salvation. This is the posture that Jesus takes towards the world. His arms are wide open. Forgiveness is infinite. Grace is unlimited, unconditional love. This is how Jesus stands today. I cannot stand in front of Jesus and say, you're all doomed. My posture, my position should be like my Lord's, saying, hey, the, the doors are wide open. Until they're not, my message should always be the doors are wide open. Does that make sense to everybody? Will we be like Micaiah? Let's just read the last thing he says. If you return safely, verse 28, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, everyone mark my words. The kings, they go to, to, they go to war. I've told you this story, but I'll repeat it. <clears throat> king Ahab says, okay, King Jehoshaphat, you dress like a king. I'm going to dress up like one of the soldiers so that they, no one recognizes me, okay? And the King Jehoshaphat, he's like, okay, cool. He puts on his robes as a king. He's riding in his chariot, and the armies of the other king of Aram, he says, go after the king, go kill the king. And all the chariots go after King Jehoshaphat because they think he's the king of Israel. And then they hear his voice and they're like, that's not him. So they turn away. Meanwhile, King Ahab, he's dressed as a regular soldier and he's just walking around, you know, probably killing a few folks, right? And then... And then out of nowhere, somebody throws an arrow whew, randomly. And it, it says that it pierces between his armor and it kills him. <laughs> when God speaks, he, he speaks the truth. He speaks and it becomes a reality. Okay? Now that's, that's, that's what happened here. For us... What God is saying today, today, he's saying that you are successful, that you are loved, that you belong. He's saying that, that you're forgiven. You know what he's saying right now in this moment? He's saying that he will provide. That's what God is saying right now. He will provide for you. If you need a job, if you need money, he will provide. That's what he's saying. Today, God is blessing his children He's, he has promises for you. He, he's also saying, I have called you. I have called you, and I will use you. That's what God is saying today. And that's how God speaks to us today. And his truth, you know his truth, will become a reality in our life. 
Amen? All right, let's pray, brothers and sisters. Would you guys stand up? And I don't know if, uh, I don't know what your situation is, but I, I do want you to, to understand that, that you have the spirit of truth that lives inside of you. And this spirit of truth, he, he's the one guiding you. Don't listen to the lies. In a couple weeks, we're going to be in our atmosphere conference, and uh, all of this is going to be confirmed. God is going to do miracles. He's going to work in your life. He, he's, a, he's a good God. We're always growing in him. We never know everything. We're always, all of us, growing in him. He's infinite, so we'll always be learning about even when we're in heaven one day, uh, we still won't know it all. We'll still be seeking and discovering more. That's why the Bible says that he leads you to all truth. The spirit is leading you to all truth. If there ever is lies that come to your ear, you know their lies because the spirit of truth is in you. Sometimes we just need to be aware and steward that, that relationship with, with the Holy Spirit, our friend, our comforter. God is saying, would the Micaiahs of this generation, will they, will they speak the truth? stands for who is Yahweh who is like Yahweh who is like God no one I want you to know that you represent that that your life represents Jesus and who is like him nobody and who is like you 